Hey everyone, my name is Sharon. Welcome back to Keep the Pulp. This episode, I'm by myself, and I just kind of wanted to do a calm, chatty video this week. So there's this recurring theme in my life where I constantly feel conflicting emotions or have conflicting thoughts at the same time that do not mesh well together because they either want to achieve different things or they're kind of contradictory. And I say that this is a recurring theme because it seems to come up in so many aspects of my life. And that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today because it's just one of those things that we have to experience as we grow older and as we form more complex views of the world. I think that we start learning how to carry multiple truths at the same time. And it's been kind of a struggle to reconcile all of these feelings and emotions or thoughts. But yeah, that's just been on my mind lately. So we'll get into a couple of those topics today. And the funny thing is I actually just listened to a podcast episode from Hidden Brain. And the episode is called Both Things Can Be True. And it just really hit the mark on this exact topic. Um, It completely resonated with me. And the host introduced this concept called integrative complexity. And it's basically our mental ability to carry many different conflicting ideas at once. He ultimately explains that through integrative complexity, we're actually able to understand the world in a more accurate way because things are just not one-dimensional and simple, even though that would be easier for us to describe and maybe experience. That's just not really the reality of things. And I really love that he broke down this concept because it pretty much describes this exact phenomenon that I go through almost every day. So one of the first things that I wanted to talk about is kind of an outlook on life. Um, Do I want to be scientific about it, which is how I've been growing up for the most part of my life? Or do I want to approach things in a more spiritual and woo-woo way? (laughs) Um, As someone who works in the healthcare field and I like absolutely adore science, I think medical podcasts are super interesting and I love like data and, you know, trials and being able to talk through guidelines and things like that when it comes to healthcare. But then I think in other aspects of my life, I've started to accept this more woo-woo or kind of like spiritual way of seeing things. Um, Whereas before this like never ever even crossed my mind, I thought I was a super scientifically grounded person and I used to believe that if this couldn't be scientifically proven, I probably just wouldn't give it any thought. But as I grew older, I think I learned a little bit more about faith. Faith meaning like um, having a belief in things even though we can't see them or they can't be proven, Um, kind of just like having our faith in the unknown. And I've started to warm up to the idea because as I've started to realize my own spirituality and grow into it, spending more time in nature, just tapping into the energy of the world, I think I've started to appreciate that, you know, not everything needs to be in numbers or scientific data. 
There are just some things about humanity and experiences that can just be left unsaid but are felt instead, such as emotions, connections, and ultimately spirituality. I think how I kind of deal with this is when it comes to work, I am all about that scientific mindset. But even so, there's also a part of me that now believes that there is a type of medicine that isn't medical and purely scientific. Um, I read this really, really great book called Head First by Alistair Santhouse, who is a psychiatrist, and it's his medical memoir. And he talks about this idea that in a lot of refractory medical disease states, when everything has been tried for a patient who's struggling with this one thing or multiple things, they get referred to you know, psychiatry at the very end after they've gone through all the other specialties to try to see what's wrong with them, quote unquote, or why their illness is so hard to treat. And he argues that in so many cases, there's a huge mental factor in their illness. Um, In a lot of cases where patients actually don't feel like their complaints are being heard by their providers or if we can't find a scientific reason for what is wrong with them, then we tend to disregard that as insignificant or, oh, just let that be. We'll just continue to monitor because we actually don't have the answers. And I think that's such an interesting take because, of course, medicine is actually multifaceted. There isn't just one way to cure something, even if the guidelines say that If you have X, Y would be the first line treatment. And then after Y, you try Z, and then after Z, so on. But it's really just not that simple. And a lot of the times, there's a psychological component to people's pain or discomfort. So the approach isn't always linear. And I think I like to keep that in mind as a pharmacist and as a clinician because the textbook examples of how to treat disease states just cannot always be applied to real life. In fact, they're almost never applicable to real life. People tend to be a lot more complex than the 48-year-old female written down in an example question. In that sense, I also believe that there is a humanistic and psychological and even philosophical way to see medicine and to treat people and in that sense I guess I am not a hundred percent scientific in the context of my job but at the same time I do feel the limits of our medical system in which like diagnostic tools and regimented treatments are just preferred because there is actual data to back that up and it's kind of a liability thing. So there's also that thing to take into consideration. Maybe in my recreational and personal life, I've created some space for non-scientific perspectives. And it is really enlightening, um, for a lack of a better word. I don't think I'm a religious person, strictly speaking, but I do feel that there is a higher power in the universe or this just this energy, a collective energy that we're all a part of that kind of drives our actions and feelings sometimes. 
And I think the part of me that struggles the most is that I think growing up, it was very easy to completely ignore the spirituality side because should there be bad things that happen, I would not look to say a divine power and ask, why is this happening? I would just accept that some people are bad. (laughs) Some people just do bad things. And I used to also think that scientifically speaking, there are certain people who are wired different in their neurotransmitters. And that's the reason for why maybe they're more predisposed to doing harmful things or being impulsive or violent, etc. But it's just not that simple either. It's like nature plus nurture plus a whole accumulation of moments that could cascade into one such consequence or action. I love learning about why things are the way they are, but stepping into a more spiritual mindset, I think I've learned to let some of that go. I am still curious, but I don't really try to understand that motive anymore. I think more so I just try to accept that ultimately there's balance in the world and each person is going through their own journey and has had bad and good things happen to them and they can do bad and good things to help myself from getting just this massive headache of trying to understand why things the way they are i just more so accept that the universe takes care of everyone in its own way and it's not really my responsibility to pinpoint a description to a certain action of a person and that kind of gives me peace you know (laughs) so that's how i've reconciled um that conflict of scientific versus non-scientific thinking. So moving on to something else that is kind of a conflicting matter within myself is um, how disciplined I want to be versus how free-spirited I want to be. Again, growing up, I lived a pretty disciplined lifestyle, and I think that was mostly due to the fact that I was just really busy. So week after week, day after day, I had set times to do my extracurriculars, schoolwork, etc. That was that. Like I had to do so many things. So I had to be very regimented with my schedule. And it worked out for most of my academic life. Being organized and having a plan for things, at least in the short term, really served my purpose, which was graduating (laughs) and landing a job. But you know, After reaching that end goal, I realized that that's not really the kind of lifestyle that I like to live, and I don't want to continue something so intense. I think that's also part of the reason for why I never want to go back to school, or that's what I say, I don't know, never say never, but I have a very strong distaste for that didactic lifestyle because I think I just had it at max intensity for so many years, 20 plus years, that I'm just like sick of it. So where did that leave me after I started working and having my own free time? Um, I just did whatever I wanted to do. Baked, cooked, walked, did yoga, meditated, journaled, kind of like took care of myself in all the ways that I couldn't before. But then something that I realized, which is I have like this really strong curiosity to explore many different hobbies and activities, but my time is actually very limited. I spend 12 hours of a working day either commuting or working, which only leaves about two hours of free time before I have to sleep. 
And overall, that leaves a very small percentage of my time to be free time. As someone who loves to just do things spontaneously and I kind of just follow my intuition on my days off, I still find that there are so many things that I want to pursue. I never feel like I have enough time to do all of those things. So I've realized that maybe I want to be a bit more intentional about how I spend my free time, but it's kind of a balance because I don't want to schedule in activities that I really want to do every hour of every day that I have off. And even if I did do something like that, it would never, I just like am really bad at following plans to the T. I'm like really not that kind of person. I do a lot of things just purely based on my gut instinct. So I feel like I work best with lists of things that I want to do and say I have some free time. I just glance at the list and see what can I tap into today? What calls out to me right now? What can I spend my free time doing that would be of quality and that would be intentional, but I'm not like forcing myself to learn French for an hour. And you know, that works for a lot of people scheduling in activities. And maybe it'll work for me in the future, but I've tried that approach and I'm never able to stick to it. I'm not a fan of like very strict regimens. I just like having free flow throughout the day. But say I get a bit more free time in the future when my schedule isn't so heavily influenced by work, then I might be able to, you know, actually try to fit in a daily or every other day hobby so that I am able to get things rolling a bit more efficiently. Which brings me to the next conflict that I have, which is efficiency versus just being relaxed about things. I'm huge on efficiency. My friends know that. My coworkers know that. But sometimes it drives me crazy. The degree to which I want to be efficient is not always healthy. And that's like definitely a balance that I'm still currently working on. And I've thought about it. I think this efficiency thing stems from my childhood. My parents, being immigrants, being very hard workers, have always hammered in this value of efficiency in me because I think what they see is that if you are efficient, then you are a valuable team member and ultimately a valuable member to society (laughs) because you're also not getting in other people's way. I don't think that idea is necessarily bad. But I think the way that I've internalized it has sometimes led me to like this extreme efficient state of mind where it's just not always realistic to live that way. And sometimes it ends up causing me more stress and tension than I need in my life. Sometimes I just need to take a step back and realize that I don't need to be in a rush to complete things. And it's kind of nice to just like be mellow and do things at an enjoyable pace for once, which I have done more so now that I'm out of school as well. I think a lot of the times I still find myself going at 100 miles per hour just because I am used to that. All right, moving on to another conflicting thing how much I want to be independent versus how connected I want to be with other people. I'm someone who loves to do things alone and spend a lot of quality time alone because I just enjoy it a lot. But I also have this side of me that wants to be deeply connected with other people. 
actually that is like such a universal desire. I think it's kind of one of the biggest drivers of our lives is to find authentic connections with others. But I also am someone who doesn't really like to use social media. And I find that like 90% of the things that I end up seeing if I go on it feel very frivolous and irrelevant to me. And I'm trying to like think through that still. Like why does it seem like I don't really care about what a past acquaintance is going through now? And I'm wondering if I'm just apathetic in that way. Like why don't I care? That was someone that I knew before and... Like, yeah, it's great that they've reached a new milestone or accomplished something. I think mostly I'm just very neutral about it. So if I knew about it, that's cool. If I don't know about it, that's also cool. I don't think I pine after that kind of information, really. The funny thing is I'm like super curious about humanity and the world and a lot of cultural things. But when it comes to like individual people that I knew, like why do I feel so neutral about that? I don't know, I still wonder that to this day. How can a part of me have this huge itch to learn about people's stories, but when they're people that I literally knew months or years ago, I just find myself not curious about their lives at all. Maybe part of it is that I'm just independent and like I live my own life and I'm quite content with just knowing about the people who are in my immediate circle only. But another part of me is wondering like, am I isolating myself too much? Am I making myself disconnected from this network of people that I used to know by not staying updated with their lives. But really, it's just like, I don't care to know. And I feel like my time is better spent doing other things. I don't know. Where does this like sense of community start, right? Maybe my sense of community is just very small and tight-knit and intimate, and I'm happy with that. I don't really care to expand it. But at the same time, I really want to travel and see how other societies and cultures live and learn about their histories and everything like that. Doesn't that make me seem very contradictory? That's how I feel. And I think part of this integrative complexity thing is just accepting that aspect of ourselves. I think it's hard to admit that we just want or feel different things at the same time because it feels dishonest or kind of hypocritical and maybe even indecisive, but is it wrong to feel pulled in different directions? Probably not. So yeah, I think ultimately I'm just going to continue doing what I'm doing because I'm quite content with how I'm living right now and not hearing about other people who are not directly related to me. And the last thing that is conflicting about me that I want to talk about today is how I feel about having emotions. This is a very complex topic to me. Growing up, I've always been quite unemotional and I really liked that I wasn't easily swayed by emotional things. I would just like get my work done, plow ahead. As I've grown older, I think I've come to appreciate that having emotions and being vulnerable and open is just a very powerful tool to forming stronger relationships, not only with myself, but also with other people that I care about. I'm totally okay with, you know, accepting my past and being different now, but I think the part that is conflicting is how emotional and in what situations do I for lack of a better term, let 
my emotions out. I think I wonder what the healthy balance is. How much expression is a healthy amount? How much is a bit too much to the point where I'm getting affected more negatively than I want to? And how do I find that balance? So say, for example, something very tragic happens. It is healthy to admit that you're having feelings of grief, sadness, anger, disappointment. Like it's okay to acknowledge things like that because that's how we become self-aware. But to what point is moping around becoming unhealthy and not helpful anymore? There is no right answer because every situation is different. And I think that's something that we just have to learn to gauge for ourselves. Because if we let the sadness consume us for long enough to the point where everything else in our lives is falling apart, then is that expression of the emotion not that good anymore? How do we learn to reel ourselves back into what we value and kind of move past the thing that is causing us to feel that negative way. And I think that's where stoicism comes in. The kind of stoicism I'm talking about is not the dictionary definition, which is not portraying feelings and emotions, but it's rather the more philosophical concept of kind of like practicing self-awareness when you feel an emotion and learning how to harness that energy and process it in a way that doesn't end up causing you more harm than you want. And I think maybe the stoicism thing is aimed more at controlling negative emotions rather than positive ones because usually the things that cause harm are like negative emotions, right? In the healthcare field, like I think we come across things all the time, especially when patients tell their stories that are just very emotional. And some people have been through very hard things. In that type of setting, when I'm responsible for a patient's care, I kind of have a very narrow window of emotions. A lot of it is empathy, but I never let it get too close, if that makes sense. Because if you are too personally affected by their story, or if you feel their wounds as if they're your wounds, then you might not be able to get your job done. And it's important that we're able to find that detachment to ultimately do what we need to do for them medically, while acknowledging that they have hardships and that we need to be considerate when we're caring for them. So it's a very fine balance. But in my personal life, I think I've realized that I'm like a very emotional person and I'm a very deep empath. I just end up like absorbing people's stories and feelings and emotions very quickly. I don't necessarily portray those exact emotions outwardly, but I do end up internalizing them. And I've learned that through conversations with friends, watching any types of videos or reading stories that touch me. I can cry within 5 to 10 seconds of absorbing someone else's emotion. It makes me wonder, like, is that a strength? Or is there a part of me that needs to practice stoicism a bit more? So I think I am starting to think about that more deeply nowadays. But I don't necessarily think that being empathetic and being able to tap into other people's emotions is a bad thing. I'm totally okay with that. I just don't want it to end up getting out of hand, which it usually doesn't do, I guess. I think I feel okay about this for the most part. But yeah, how can I be unemotional and very emotional at the same time? 
I guess it just depends on the situation. So those are kind of the conflicting things that are recurring in my life all the time that I think about a lot. And I think me being able to talk about this out loud helps me process it in some way. And, you know, when we're able to communicate the experiences that we're having or the ideas that we have to an outside perspective or another person, it also helps us understand that thing better because we have to put it into words and it has to make sense. So um, I hope you enjoyed listening to today's episode. Thanks for tuning in and see you in the next episode. Bye!